This is a WTOP original podcast. From Podcast One. Coming up in this episode of Target USA. The situation in Belarus for more than 37 days has been tense, it's been deadly, and it's getting even more disastrous, especially now for one particular American company. Four of my employees were arrested and uh, remain in jail. That's Mikita Mikado. He is the CEO of a company called PandaDoc. It's a software company based in San Francisco. He's originally from Belarus, and he launched a protest after hearing about some very unsettling things that were taking place there. I wasn't able to sit still, and uh, I recorded uh, an Instagram video where I offered um, support. That's where the trouble started. Details on this episode of Target USA. The National Security Podcast. From WTOP in Washington, D.C., this is Target USA. Russia could render a huge harm to this country. North Korea's secret missile. Capable of reaching the whole of the United States. Dangerous terrorist. D.C. is repeatedly mentioned as someplace they would like to seek an attack. Cyber criminals. Decryption successful. America has a target on its back. And on this program, we investigate the threats, the people behind them, the agencies fighting them, and the impact on you. This is Target USA, the National Security Podcast. I'm J.J. Green. If you've listened to this podcast before, certainly in recent days, you know that something really bad is happening in Belarus. It's the former Soviet Republic, and instead of moving forward into the era of democracy and openness, it appears as though it's drifting backwards under the regime of Alexander Lukashenko. On September 2nd, several employees of an American company called PandaDoc were arrested because the owner of the company launched a protest against torture and beatings and some of the violence that the government in Belarus appeared to be undertaking. As a result, those employees were taken hostage. This is going to be a difficult interview to listen to because of the fact that it seems strained. That's because it is. Because Mikita Mikado, CEO of PandaDoc, doesn't want to do or say anything that's going to put his employees in more jeopardy. But it's clear, listening between the lines, he and they need help. Let's get on with the interview. Mikita, the situation in Belarus is really bad. And um, it has gotten worse as time has passed. As I mentioned in my note to you, I've spoken, or in my voicemail to you, I've spoken with Svetlana Tikhanovskaya about her situation. She was able to get out of the country. But you are in a situation where you have several employees that were arrested, if I'm correct. Fill us in on that story and just what's happening there with them. Yeah, that's correct. Uh, Four of my employees were arrested and uh, remain in jail. Um, What happened is that uh, following uh, the scenes of violence and uh, hearing from firsthand from the victims about what happened, about beatings, about torture and all those uh, terrible things, I, I wasn't able to sit still 
and uh, I recorded uh, an Instagram video where I offered um, support uh, to those members of Belarusian forces uh, that uh, don't want to follow unlawful orders, don't want to beat people up or torture. Um, and my intention was to basically help those people that will get fired or uh, um, prosecuted to uh, find new jobs, uh, potentially transition to tech, uh, start a new life. Uh, and following that, I've um, got uh, a lot of messages um, and I helped uh, dozens of people. Uh, personally, I've connected hundreds of people with uh, lawyers and, uh, and courses. And uh, then, um, the offices of my company in Belarus were searched. Um, over a hundred people were questioned and, uh, four people were taken into custody and they remain in, in jail until this day. Okay. Um, so what have you heard from them? What's their condition? Um, do you know how they're doing? Um, they're um, they're fine as much as you can be fine in um, uh, in a prison. Uh, uh, one of the guys' uh, uh, condition is alarming because he's been coughing uh, for a long period of time, and we're concerned that he might have COVID, and uh, uh, that is. Um, uh, we, we, we're really worried about him. Yeah, really, really worried about him. That's um, that's very troubling. Yes. Um, let me let me ask you this question: um, What are you doing? Um, what are you able to do at this point about that situation? Um, so I've stopped my support to uh, uh, for the members of the forces because uh, I am. Um, worried, I'm concerned about the well-being of uh, these four folks, but also I'm concerned about more people um, getting in jail. Uh, it's important to know that neither one of those folks uh, supported my initiative, have anything to do with my initiative. Um, you know, these guys, uh, most of them, never said anything uh, political. They're just normal employees of like normal people they, they they work my company that's the only connection and uh um we are trying to do uh as a company what i try to do uh is uh support families as much as we can uh provide with the best legal uh support that we can uh find and uh, hope for the best. Uh, okay. Hope for the best at this point. Okay. So you've stopped your support. I think I heard you say uh, that you you were you were engaging and for 
the situ for those dealing with the situation there, have your views changed, and how has what happened impacted? Uh, guess what you're able to try to accomplish here, because you're in the United States, if I'm correct, right? Yeah, that's right. So what what are you going to do now? I guess is a better question. Are you going? You'll continue to support your your colleagues, yes. But um, have has has the regime there essentially silenced your efforts? Um, the reality is that um, not only um, I personally am focused on getting them out, but um, also the accounts of the company in Belarus just the subsidiary of the company in the US are frozen. So we can't uh, pay salaries of uh, hundreds of people. Um, so like physically, um, I'm enabled to continue the, um, the activities that I've uh, uh, been involved with. Uh, which is supporting prosecuted people of Belarus. Um, so yeah, so like, I guess the answer to your question is yes. Um, my resources are funneled towards um, getting people out of jail and uh, trying to uh, preserve the business, uh, which can't operate. Yeah. Right now. Yeah. Nikita, you, if I'm correct, are originally, you're a native of Belarus. Is that right? That's correct. Tell us, raised. tell us your story. Tell us what you, how you grew up and, and what your views and thoughts and memories are of growing up there. Uh, for me, Belarus is people. And uh, um, I believe that Belarusians are very kind. Most of Belarusians are very kind, very open, and uh, um, very calm. <laughs> Those are the yes, um, I can tell that. <laughs> I mean, yes, you, 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 it's it's hard to like believe that, considering the the the, the latest events, but. That is my, you know, that's, that's, that's my, uh, impression of the people of Belarus as I was, you know, growing up and, uh, um, like I was growing up, um, middle-class, uh, I guess, in Belarusian standards, um, uh, very poor by local standards. Yeah. And, uh, um, at some point, I got a chance to come to the U.S. Uh, on a student exchange program. Um, then I started building websites that turned out to become a business. And uh, then I started building software for other web designers, and that became a bigger business. And then um, I was able to start a technology company that helps uh, dozens of thousands of businesses to to streamline their document workflows. It worked out great. Um, the company became very successful. Um, but now we're facing real challenges and uh, um, 
what's happening in Belarus is um, very yeah. um, painful yeah. to to watch. What what is what is it that you what kind of future do you want for Belarus and for the Belarusian people? Um, Belarus um, is still transitioning out of uh, the the Soviet um, era. Uh, a lot of um, a lot of uh, factories and. Uh, just branches of the economy are, are still uh, state-owned. And um, while many other countries, many surrounding countries tra transitioned out of that uh, era um, sooner than Belarus, Belarus is still kind of like in, in, the, in the middle of it. Uh, however, there is a vibrant uh, technology sector that represents about uh, six and a half percent of Belarusian GDP. It's um, almost doubling year over year, uh, growing phenomenally well. And uh, um, I hope that this is going to continue. And uh, the uh, like the branding efforts that have been done over the course of the last fifteen years to uh, make Belarus an attractive place to. Uh, for for technological investment, uh, I, I think it will. Rem I hope that it can remain um, to be true. However, at the same time, it's impossible for all those things to um, happen to be to 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 remain true if uh, people are jailed, companies are prosecuted. Um, there's violence on the streets and uh, it's just, it doesn't work that way. Like innovation doesn't happen in the atmosphere of fear. Um, so I'm hoping for, but first and foremost, like this, this, this needs to deescalate and the violence needs to stop. It's, it's no good for no one. Um, yeah. So, but yeah, my hope is that the country is going to emerge uh, and become um, uh, progressive, free, and uh, forward-looking. Yeah. So, correct me if I'm wrong, but I've been hearing from the people I've spoken to that the protests have been pretty much nonviolent, right? So, where's the violence coming from? Um, you know, there there are two parts to there are two sides to this. Um, from what I've seen and heard, um, that statement is uh, is true. Yeah. Reading between the lines, clearly you don't want to antagonize the government there or Alexander Lukashenko. But if you had a chance to address him face to face personally or on a telephone line or doing a zoom call with him if you just as you and I are what would you say to him um, I would um, suggest to de-escalate the conflict and uh, um, 
stop the violence because I believe that the violence is what got this whole situation out of control in the first place. Mikita, mm-hmm. it is my understanding that um, some of this may be out of his control. Um, I understand that there have been, I know that Belarus, the authorities there, at least it seemed as so, uh, arrested a number of Russian operatives, people that were sent there, people that were not Belarusian, that were there, that were inflaming the situation. Um, Is that a part of the problem right now? JJ, I have no idea. Hmm. Okay. Um, It's clear that you have to tread carefully about these waters and be, be very careful about what you say. I've asked a bunch of questions. Um, one more question for you, and then I'll ask if there's anything else you want to add. But uh, what is it that you would like, or what is it that um, people outside of Belarus or anywhere can do to help this situation for you and your company and your employees? Uh, well, I think... You personally are doing a part of this. Uh, you're already helping raising awareness. Uh, that's um, that's important. Um, I th- think um, supporting each other is is hugely important as well. I've never seen Belarusians come together as much as they have over the course of last uh, what uh, 37 days is that right 37 days um yeah and uh i've never seen um belarusians uh all around the world uh in belarus outside belarus trying to help each other uh as much as as what i've seen you know uh recently people buy buy food uh for uh you know those affected um uh, or or medicaments um uh, those those acts of kindness are very inspiring and uh um very very um i guess you know that that's there's a light, right? And those those like acts of kindness, kind, kindness are uh, uh, a part of it. Well, um, before we go, um, what is it that I haven't asked you about that you think is important that you want to say today? Um, you know, I think it's important that um, so tech is six and a half percent of Belarusian GDP. And uh, um, what's been happening recently is uh, every state around Belarus uh, uh, came up with the simplifications in uh, taxation or immigration that um, is very attractive uh, to businesses and and people inside Belarus. Um, and what we've seen over the course of last, uh, um, you know, 37 days is, is, is a, uh, is a movement, uh, movement out of the country. Um, 
my concern is that, and my fear is that, you know, that that whole industry uh, can um, substantially uh, kind of like move out of Belarus, leaving um, a lot of damage to to the economy and the future of the country. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be um, that'd be really bad. Yes, indeed, it would. Looking at how careful you have been in this interview, it's not lost on me, and I'm certain the people listening to this program, just based on the audience that we have, they're going to get everything that you said and everything that you did not say. They're going to understand it, and they're going to know precisely what's at stake here. So um, as we go, I would like to wish you and all of your colleagues the best, especially those that are detained in Minsk right now, uh, and um, wish Belarus as a country the brightest of futures, although there are probably some dark days yet to come. But uh, we are here. We are rooting for you, and um, hopefully things will turn out better sooner than later. So thank you for your time today, Nikita. Thank you, JJ. I appreciate it. That's just about it for this show. But before we go, we promised you last week an update on the Alexei Navalny situation. Well, here's what we've learned. Alexei Navalny, the Russian opposition leader who was poisoned in Siberia, is now awake and he's talking. Investigators will learn a lot from him, but some key information has already emerged, especially regarding the place where he was poisoned. This airport actually belongs to the deputy of the United Russian Party. His name is Roman Trotsenko, and according to Natalia Arno, president of the Free Russia Foundation, he doesn't just own that airport. And a very close friend of Igor Sechin. And Igor Sechin, well, he's the second most powerful man in Russia. Who is in charge of uh, oil in Russia. And a very close friend of President Vladimir Putin, Navalny's primary target, the hospital that claimed he only had a digestion problem. The head of the Omsk clinic is also a member of the United Russian Ruling Party. Alexander Murakovsky is his name, chief physician at that hospital and on the Omsk City Council. The United Russia Party is Vladimir Putin's party. She says they've been annoyed at Navalny for quite some time because he has a special nickname for them. The party of and crooks. And there's something else we've learned this week. Experts say the Novichok that Navalny was poisoned with was a new strain, which suggests three things. Russia's still producing it, it's still an evolving weapon, and Russia is still using it. That's it for this edition of Target USA. If you have any questions or comments about the program, send me an email at jgreen at wtop.com. That's the letter J, the color green, one word, at whiskeytangooscarpapa.com. That's jgreen at wtop.com. Also, please follow us on Twitter. We're at TUSA podcast. That's at Tango Uniform Sierra Alpha podcast. And there you will find some things that you won't find anywhere else, not even on this show regarding the work we do. Also, subscribe to our podcast if you will. And if you want more national security information, you can get it. We have a newsletter. It's called Inside the Skiff. 
It's at WTOP.com slash alerts. That's where you can sign up. And that's it for this week, my friends. I'm J.J. Green, and this is Target USA. The National Security Podcast. Hey, it is Ross Tucker from the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, among other NFL-related podcasts, the former NFL offensive lineman, and yes, we are going to have an NFL season. It is here, thankfully. So, if you want to bet on the games, it is the Even Money Podcast. If you just want to play Fantasy Football, Fantasy Feast Podcast, or every day your NFL fix, the aforementioned Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Now. Stay tuned for the latest headlines from the Associated Press.